Next on BYU Sports Nation, more BYU football coaches set to meet Virginia. A major changeup on the offensive staff nears. What does it mean for the Cougars? What kind of BYU team will show up in Vegas? Las Vegas Bull director John Sassenti joins us to discuss how BYU-Utah became a reality. Plus, BYU basketball puts on their best performance of the year, and the one and only Jimmer Fredette joins us live. Keep shooting, Jimmer. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU uh, actually has three wins in the Las Vegas Bowl. Utah has three wins in the Las Vegas Bowl. They're tied. My first year we started in Las Vegas, and now... My last year we're finishing there. Man, what a perfect time uh, to rally together and to get this guy, you know, his 100th win, our 10th win of the season. Our team is motivated, we're excited, and we really want to win. BYU Sports Nation live and radio vision presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome, everyone. Thursday, December 10th, wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. My name is Spencer Linton. I am teamed up with our very own BYU TV carpool coordinator, Jerem Jordan. We're going to be using that next week. Uh, we're going to drive down to Vegas. We're not flying, so that'll be fun. Road trip. Hashtag Fillmore. What's up? Uh, one week until Star Wars, everybody. Just saying. What's up, Chewie? Chewie, we're home. <laughs> one week from tonight, baby. Is this I'm the very greatest excited. two-day span of your life? Star Wars followed by BYU-Utah in the Vegas Bowl well, the next day? Well, it's Thursday and Saturday, so it's, three days. Is it going to bleed into Friday, though? Yes. No, it'll be a great week. It's going to be fun, man. We're going to be down in Vegas, uh, you know, Wednesday through Sunday. I guess we're doing the show Wednesday, Thursday, Friday from Hard Rock Hotel uh, and then Saturday at Sam Boyd Stadium. Fans, if you're in Vegas, if you're going down to the game, you want to hang out, come come hang out. Come be at the show. We'll bring some swag down there. It'll be awesome. We want to wish a congratulations to one of our yes. big-time Studio B buddies. Brian Logan has yeah. a new baby. Woo! Yep. Arlo Bran Logan. Now, people have asked, did you mean Brian? No, it's Bran. Arlo Bran Logan, born yesterday at 1230. His wife, Ken, is doing great. Uh, Arlo's doing great. Logan, uh, Layton's doing great. I guess Brian's doing great, too. You know, that, that's awesome. Another member of BYU Sports Nation brought into the world. They've got two boys now. And Brian and I share that in common. We both have a four-year-old boy, and now we both have a newborn boy. We're living the same life that way. Yes. <laughs> yes, you are. The exact same life. <laughs> oh, Brian, Hashtag I love you, man. 40-yard dash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, though. It's, uh, it's very cool. I had a niece born yesterday as well um, to one of our production assistants on the pregame show um, who is my brother-in-law. That's not nepotism, by the babies way. Babies everywhere. I checked with HR. We're good. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Dick Harmon of the Deseret News has reported BYU's offensive staff members Robert and I, Jason Beck, Garrett Tujay, and Mark Atawaya are all following Bronco Mendenhall to the Wahoo land of Virginia. More on that in a moment. By the way, I really liked your train reference off the top there. Meet, Meet Virginia. Virginia. Yeah, that was good. Men's Hoops beat Utah State 80-68, to led by Chase Fisher's 24 points and Kyle Davis's 14 points and 14 rebounds. The Cougars play 7-1 Colorado, uh, guys on a Buffalo, Saturday. If you haven't seen that YouTube video, check it out. This is what Dave Rose had to say about the performance. I think that if you, if you take uh, the entire game and, and uh, 
Probably the best game we played. Yeah, I think so. I'd have to agree with that. Two halves, really good for BYU. Now a test with Colorado. 7-1, and one, their only loss to Iowa State. That game really has good. all of a sudden become really important for BYU's NCAA tournament resume. The AVCA men's volleyball preseason poll out for all to see. Yes! BYU is the number one team in America. Number one! BYU all, has won the preseason. N- number one. So much for not having high expectations. <laughs> hey, Sean Olmstead. Uh... No pressure. You have the number one team in the country. No, this is very exciting. They also play tonight against uh, SportsCon X, which is made of former uh, All-Americans, current professionals, some USA volleyball players. Exhibition. Yeah, in the Smithfield House. They also are the preseason Mountain Pacific Sports Federation uh, favorites. So BYU, the consensus kind of number one team in the country in terms of conference and national. So that's awesome. And let us not forget about BYU women's basketball coming off a ginormous win against 12th ranked Texas A&M. They're back to work tonight on the road in Ogden, Utah at Weber State, 9 Eastern, live on BYU Radio. There's a ton going on and plenty of reason to rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Deep Impact. For BYU football, a second movie reference. I like that movie. For Jerem Jordan. Morgan Freeman. As we just referenced, Dick Harmon of the Deseret News reports the majority of BYU's offensive football staff is on the way out. Offensive coordinator Robert and I, quarterbacks coach Jason Beck, offensive line coach Garrett Tujay, and running backs coach Mark Atawaya all leaving BYU to team up with Bronco Mendenhall in their new digs in Charlottesville, Virginia. So, with that in mind... We roll out the Twitter question. How will BYU football be impacted the most after losing offensive coaches and I, Beck, 2J, and Atuaya? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At Rob Kundick. Initial impact is negative, but we need to see who will replace them before reaching a conclusion. Ah, now yes. that is forward thinking, a thing that does not often happen among the fan base sometimes. Because sometimes the blue goggles get on and everything's great or blue terrible, right? Not everything is scriptural like that. Great and terrible. It can be in the middle, okay? (laughs) The last days, yeah, they'll be great and terrible. But I agree with this in that I'm not exactly sure uh, what's going to happen, but who will be impacted the most? That, to me, is an easy answer. Tanner Mangum. Okay. Tanner Mangum's influence impacted the most by all of this. Let's look at this from a couple of different angles, starting with how BYU will be impacted in the game they have to play in nine days. Isn't it weird? We're not really talking about like the game very much. It's just more like, who's head coach? Who's head coach? Oh, my gosh. Who's head coach? That's the, the story here. What's the impact on the Las Vegas Bowl? Will the players be affected knowing that their coaches are going to leave? Yes. Yes, of course. That's going to take a toll mentally. But how much? I think, Jerem, BYU greatly benefits because they play Utah. It will not be yes. hard to get motivated and focused because it's like, okay, yeah, this is all kind of weird, but it's Utah. I've had multiple conversations with multiple players, one of which was Mitch Matthews, uh, recorded an interview last night that we will air tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation, one-on-one there. This group of seniors wants 10 wins, and they're playing Utah. And I know that they have a trunky coaching staff to a degree. Trunky being a word uh, among LDS missionaries where you're at the end of your mission, you know you're going home, and maybe your focus is a little off. I got a little trunky at the end. I was excited to go to college for the first time and all that. You know, go home. Yet, you have work to do in that moment. So certainly they will be affected. But guess what? If, if the coaching staff 
said, you know, we're out. We're not going to do a disservice to you, the players. Oh, we're it would go. be a nightmare. It would be a nightmare. So I'm, I'm with you. I'm glad that these guys are staying to coach this bowl game as well. It would be unbelievably bad for BYU if they're like three, like Guy Holiday's like doing everything on offense, calling the plays, coaching it. No, that would be, that wouldn't work. From an execution standpoint, having this staff in place for the bowl game is way better. And again, to echo what I said earlier, it's easy to unify differing paths when your common goal is beating your longtime arch rival. Yes, it's the perfect matchup for this situation. And how differently has this week been than what we thought it would be? A week ago, Bronco Mendenhall and this coaching staff were intact. They were going to play Utah. They were going to play the 2016 schedule. Well, we didn't know they were going to play Utah yet, but we, we thought that it might happen. It's been, a, it's been a wild week. And BYU's not used to this. We're not used to, oh, a coaching change. Everyone thinks that for some reason the assistants could stay. Yes, but probably not. A new head coach comes in, CEO of football, and says, no, I'm cleaning house. I'm going to have who I want in here. Well, just like There Bronco, could be zero guys left. Bronco wants all of his guys with him in Virginia. All of the Virginia coaches are gone. Yeah. Mike London's at, what, Maryland, I saw? He moved on to another ACC team. This is, this is a normal thing. Bronson Kafusi said, I know how it works. My dad's a coach. And he's been fortunate that his dad hasn't had to move. There could be a couple of coaches that stay, but we know that those four, according to Dick Harmon of the Deseret News, who's been a longtime insider with BYU football, says that they're gone to Virginia. Weird lead up to the bowl game, yes. Mentally taxing, yes. But once that ball is kicked off, it is all hands on deck dialed in because it's Utah across the way. Number two, Jerem, the impact now on next year's team. And this goes back to the forward-thinking tweet that we got from at Rob Kundick, who said, look, we, we all kind of tend to freak out, but hold, hold your horses. Let's see what actually comes in before we can form any sort of a conclusion. What we do know is what you said. Robert and I, talented offensive coordinator, talented dude, okay? So there will be, there will be an impact on his quarterback, Tanner Mangum. And as we look at what Robert did in his tenure, that brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. You're a turkey, Taron. In Robert and I's ninth season as offensive coordinator, BYU has averaged a total offensive national ranking of 26th. 26th! There are 128 Division I college football teams. I looked at total offense, passing offense, and scoring offense the last... Uh, there were two seasons Robert and I was gone. Brandon Doman was the offense coordinator. Just the nine that Robert and I was here. BYU has been in the top uh, top 25% of college football it, on average of total passing and scoring offense. He is really good. Do, do you agree with his personality? Do you get with, along with him? I do not. That doesn't matter, though. Is he a good offensive coordinator? Absolutely, and the numbers bear that fruit, Right. Do, you know, second and 10 predictable drop plays for two yards drive you crazy? Whatever. The numbers don't lie. Robert Anai is a good offensive coordinator. Which is why Bronco Mendenhall is saying, come to Virginia. He'll be missed. And his concepts, in my opinion, will work in that division in the ACC. I think Virginia, who gets good talent, is going to be a good team. I'm going to pay attention to Virginia a lot more than I would have now. This might be another Tyler Hawes situation where it's just like you get used to excelling or being pretty good at something, and then when it's gone, there's a chance, there's a chance that it might not be as good for a while. Now, the, now the, the assistants do not have to be LDS for BYU, so that's an interesting thing. We'll see who the head coach is, 
And then you could, in theory, bring in, uh, you know, a, a member of another faith to be a coordinator at BYU. So it doesn't have to be an active LDS student. Look, this is, in a lot of ways, fear of the unknown. Sure. I get it. Mm-hmm. But just calm down for a little while until we see exactly what is coming to BYU with whoever the new coach is. Third impact moment, Jerem, or aspect, if you will. What happens to Taysom Hill? What happens to Jamal Williams? And what about the BYU recruits on the way in? Yeah, Troy Warner last night, uh, who hadn't signed a letter of intent, but had signed something else that's new. I can't remember the phrase. He... uh, Said that he basically opened up his recruitment again. It looked like because he said I've accept or I've uh, received my fifteenth offer from a school USC. <laughs> so BYU needs to get a head guy in, and they're working on it uh, so that they can try and keep guys like Troy Warner. Guys are tied to the school. Some are got, guys are tied to coaches, foot actual football, you know, tradition. But coaches is a thing. So you hope that BYU can keep a guy like Troy Warner. What happens to Taysom and Jamal? I have no idea. Yep. That's, your guess is as good as mine. I still think that Taysom Hill is going to come back to BYU regardless of coaching staff. The question that we are asking you right now on Twitter is, what will be the greatest impact on BYU football after losing most of the offensive staff coaches? Let's get a couple of tweets in. It's winter time. Use the hashtag BYUSN, at GHESU. Says, short-term pain and uncertainty will dissipate when new coaches are hired. No one is irreplaceable. It's Yeah, it's true. And we'll see who these guys are, man. Let's see who the head coach is, and then the trickle effect will happen. Unprecedented situation at BYU. I think BYU will name a head coach early next week, my opinion. Up next, we step away from football for a moment. Is that Elvis but for in good the reason. Room? The man, the legend, the jimmer joins BYU Sports Nation. That was Elvis in the control, dude. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Elvis is in the building, people. In, in fact, he's in the producer's chair, so I'm a little worried about the direction of the video elements and the graphics from this point out. We'll see what happens. I, I don't know how much experience Elvis has in that chair. We'll see. Hey, we'll be in Vegas partying with Elvis next Wednesday through Saturday. We're going to do the show live from the Hard Rock Hotel as well as Sam Boyd Stadium. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at the Hard Rock Hotel. Saturday at Sam Boyd Stadium. Noon Eastern, same time. Uh, so 9 a.m. Pacific if you're there local. Come hang out. We're going to take some swag down there. Hang out. Uh, we're going to be inside the hotel in the pool area. Um, so come hang out. It's going to be fun. Nobody I, does Vegas like BYU Sports Nation. I know It's true. I know Crazy Cook at Crazy Cook Fanatic will be there. Because Pat Hammond is a Crazy Cook Fanatic. <laughs> She's fantastic. Listen, we're going to drink lots of Barks Root beer. Play Phase 10. Stay up till like 1 in the morning. It's going to be amazing. BYU in Vegas. <laughs> it's crazy. Said no one ever. <laughs> Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is our good friend and the one and only Jimmer Fredette. Jimmer, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Hey, how you guys doing? We are fantastic. And just so you know, you're probably busy with basketball, but if you want to come hang out in Vegas and play Phase 10 and stuff, you're certainly welcome to do that with us. Hey, I mean, it sounds like a great time. Phase 10 is a great game. <laughs> so, sounds like a Sunday afternoon for every married Mormon couple, right? Oh, yeah. I'm all about the games. <laughs> Jimmer, first of all, it's been fun to watch you play in the D-League and that transition. What 
what went into the decision to kind of go back and take that route as you continue to pursue the NBA dream? Um, I think the biggest thing, I mean, we took everything into consideration, um, you know, after I was waived by the, the Spurs um, to, to see what would be best for myself and my, and my family and my career going forward. And uh, we felt at this point uh, being a part of the Knicks organization with Westchester was the best thing for us. Um, you know, we play an NBA-type schedule and NBA games and all the NBA rules and everything, and um, I knew that I would have an opportunity to play a lot and be able to have the ball in my hands and be able to go out and hopefully get into a rhythm and, and, and feel good about how things are going. So I was excited to be a part of this team, and um, so far things have been going pretty well, but I'm just focusing on trying to get better. Jim, are you having fun with this whole situation? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's been fun. Um, you know, the guys are really good guys. We have a, a good setup over here with the Westchester Knicks, the best setup in the D-League. We practice in the Knicks practice facility. Um, we have all the same, um, you know, things that we can use, the weight room and, um, you know, medical staff and all that stuff. So it's a really good setup, um, and the games have been fun. You know, it's fun to be able to go out and play and, and just go out and do what you do. 2011 National Player of the Year in College Basketball. Follow him on Twitter, at Jimmer Fredette, with us on BYU Sports Nation. You score 37 in your D-League debut and in front of Floyd Mayweather, no less. Are you now officially part of the money team? <laughs> no, I don't think so yet. But um, <laughs> we, have a, we have a guy um, on our team, Jordan Crawford. He uh, is good friends with Floyd Mayweather, and um, so that's why he came to to support him, support his friend, and uh, just happened to be the game. You know, I played well in my first game, so, uh, you know, it was a good, it was definitely a good showing. <laughs> what was that like to have him courtside? And uh, I think you mentioned in the post game that uh, he was saying stuff to you, like keep shooting, I guess. Yeah, he just told me to keep shooting the ball every time I touched. He's like, I don't want to see anybody else shooting except for you. And he just kept kept saying it the whole game, um, you know, so I was, I was taking his advice and shooting the basketball, and it was going in that night. Are you going to bring him to the NBA with you and have him courtside again and say, hey, hey, hear this? can you hear this guy? Yeah, that would be great, actually, if he could be a, you know, <laughs> if he could uh, put a little out there and tell him that I could shoot the ball, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> with Jimmer Fredette on BYU Sports Nation, big week for BYU basketball last week when they broke ground for the new BYU Marriott Center Annex. When you got word that that was actually happening and to see this come to fruition, what does that mean to you, Jimmer? Uh, I mean, it's a huge step for BYU basketball. I mean, when you look at all the great programs out there in the country, um, you know, every single one of them has amazing facilities uh, with a great practice facility that's all about the basketball team. And uh, I think that's what BYU has been missing for a long time. And uh, now that they're going to have that, it's just going to attract more and more players and just be great for recruiting and for the players and for player development. Um, you know, it's just going to be an awesome thing. And I'm definitely going to go back in the summers and use it for sure. I'm going to try to use it as much as I can. <laughs> and so are we during, I think, the lunchtime period. That's when we're there going go. to try and use it. What actual difference Perfect. on the court do you think that will make, Jimmer? Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing is that guys can get in there and, and you know, practice whenever they want, you know, and it can help with the player development. Um, but like I said before, it's also going to help with recruiting. So you're going to attract bigger and, and, and great recruits. I mean, coach has done an amazing job with that. 
anyway, but we can still have a further reach, even even further reach with a great practice facility and kids come in. I mean, when I was in college, I wanted to see what the facilities were like. I wanted to be like, oh, this is a beautiful facility. I want to practice here every day. And that's something that uh, kids take into consideration for sure. Now, we hear stories of Kyle Collinsworth and Tyler Hawes where they didn't have a wristband, and so they didn't get a shoot in the Richards building sometime. <laughs> Did you, do you have similar stories? Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah, we were we were the kings of that for sure. Me, me and Lamont Morgan and Charles. I mean, yeah, Charles probably got kicked out the most. Um, so, but That's the thing Charles was, would uh, do. Yeah, yeah, Charles is funny, but uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely happens. I mean, obviously they have the rules in place for a reason, and uh, you know they uh, you know need to have those courts open for for students and everything. So I mean, it was a tough deal. It was a fine line. And, and that's why it was important we needed a practice facility. Yeah, you're way too nice. Um, your senior year, <laughs> they shouldn't be kicking you out. Your senior year, when Jimmermania is going on, did you ever <laughs> go in there to shoot and were denied? Uh, I, I was definitely – they tried to for sure. They tried to for sure. I usually had uh, students that would come to the rescue, though, and be like, <laughs> hey, we're going to – he, he can take my spot, you know, <laughs> let him shoot. You know, this is, this is big time. He's got a game coming up. You know everything, so they the students came to my side. But hey, if they were going to kick me out, I wasn't going to argue with them. I would say, hey, all right, no problem. I'll try to find another gym. Oh and my you know, goodness! Trying to win ball games here, people. That's hilarious. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm just trying to be the national player of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmer for that with us on BYU Sports Nation. BYU knocks off Utah State last night in what Dave Rose called the best game of the year up to this point. What are your thoughts on BYU's new look offense and defense this year after losing Tyler Haas and now starting kind of a, a new regime with a, a post presence, Jimmer? Yeah, for sure. They're trying to find a little bit of a new identity and um, it's something that, uh, you know, we've been very guard oriented, um, you know, as we've played the last three or four years, especially, um, you know, but back when coach first started, he had, you know, Trent placed it at Keena Young and, and guys that were post players that he was playing through. And, um, you know, I think that's something that they have now with Kyle, Kyle Davis and, and Corbin and guys that you can throw the ball into and, and attract some attention. Um, Kyle's been doing a great job, but obviously they have some good, really good shooters in the outside and uh, Kyle Collinsworth to do it all. So, I mean, they have a good mixture. It's just finding, um, you know, how to play together in the system, and I think that, um, you know, they're doing a good job of it. It's, it takes a little bit of time, but that was a really great game that they played last night, um, so that should give them a lot of confidence. What's it going to take for you to get back into the NBA this season? Uh, just a team to pick me up. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, teams know what I can do. I think they've seen it. I think they know that I can shoot the ball and, and help a team. It's all about a coach that feels like I can help their team, and, um, you know, I don't think there's necessarily a a certain number that I need to hit in order to get back to the NBA. I think they have seen that I can shoot the ball and I can play um, if if given an opportunity. So it's all about hopefully having a a coach and a team that has a need of a guard that that is going to come off the bench and and score for them. And, um, you know, hopefully that'll happen this season. Do you want it to be the New York Knicks because you're a New York guy, Jimmer? You know, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, I'd love it to be a Knicks. I'm here, um, you know, part of the Knicks organization, and and they're an amazing organization. They play in the best arena in the world, and, um, you know, so it would be fun 
being from New York, but I just want to play for whatever team wants me. And, um, you know, that's the bottom line. I, I have no favorites and would love to just be able to be a part of the team. It's the fifth season post-BYU. Do you feel like after, I don't know, four and whatever we're in to the fifth season, you've been giving, given a fair shot, or do you have more to prove? Um, I mean, I definitely have, have more to prove, um, you know, but I've had opportunities to play. Um, the, the biggest thing is that I haven't had an opportunity to play consistently on a consistent basis. You know, I'd go in and I'd play in the lineup for three or four games, and then I'd sit for the next two or three or four games. Um, so I haven't been in a, a lineup consistently where, you know, I felt like I've been able to get into a rhythm of a team and, and know exactly what I was supposed to do every single night when I got out there. So, you know, I'm still looking for that opportunity. Um, hopefully it will come. Um, but, you know, it's been uh, an up and down ride, but and that doesn't that doesn't phase me. You just got to continue to to keep going, and know that you can play at this level. And uh, you just have to hopefully find an opportunity. Jimmer, if and when that call up does come, how does that work? Going from the D League to the NBA, what what kind of stipulations are there in terms of what teams you can go to and or or who you can't go to? Yeah, no. The, I, for the NBA, I can go to any team. You know, as part as part of the D League, unless you're a part of an organization already and then get set down. Um, as a player that got drafted into the D-League and didn't have any affiliated rights, I can go to any NBA team at any time. And uh, that's kind of how it happened with the Pelicans. And it, it happens really quickly. They just call you and they're like, all right, we would like you to come and be on the first flight tomorrow. And I got, you know, so it was that night and I packed my things up and was on the first flight tomorrow to New Orleans. Um, so, yeah, for me, it, it, it doesn't matter what team it is. Any team can pick me up at any time. Right now in BYU Sports Nation, the conversation is all about who's going to be the new head coach for BYU football. It feels like it's down to Kalani Sataki, Kenny Amatololo, Kyle Winningham. Maybe there's others. Do you have a preference on who the new guy is, Jimmer? You know, I don't necessarily have a preference. I think the three, those three names that you just uh, said obviously would be really good. Um, head coaches for, the, for, the, um, for BYU, all BYU guys. Um, I mean, it's it's tough, I'm sure, for for Tom Homo to to find a a guy that it's going to fit and and be you know to see what he's going to happen in the future. You know, you never know when you bring it to bring in a coach how things are going to to evolve. And obviously, Coach Mendenhall did such a great job with BYU and got them back on the winning track. And you know, it's had a great record here for the last ten, eleven seasons. Um, you know, obviously the the Navy coach. I'm not exactly sure how to say his name, but he's done a great <laughs> job with uh, with uh, Navy as well. Um, he, he's he's a great coach and um, seems like a really nice guy. So we'll 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 see uh, we'll see what happens. My I mean my my father-in-law. Rich Wanacott, he said that he's he, he's tried to apply for the position too. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think he's doing a pretty good job as well. So I mean, well, we got some good candidates out there. <laughs> how much did he pay you to say that? <laughs> he, he literally he'll he'll literally do the job for free. So he just so you guys know, <laughs> if you guys don't if you guys want to work in work that in, he'll he'll do it for free, save some money. <laughs> Jimmer, that was impressive, man. Football analyst, you may want to think right. about that some point in the future. Yeah, maybe maybe one of these days. Maybe one of these days. <laughs> Hey, great to talk to you, man. We wish you the best of luck as you continue with the Westchester Knicks, and uh, we'll hope for that call up. Great. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Jimmer Fredette on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. And they played today, or tonight, uh, against Grand Rapids, I believe. So a game day interview with his Jimmerness. I love the picture that we put up 
um, on the screen. It's like it's like this GQ picture as opposed to like your normal headshot. That's the best headshot we've ever put up on the screen. Hey, we do it the right way for Jimmer, okay? It's better than ours. <laughs> What's up it's, with that? It should be. Hey, up next, just how fast did the Vegas Bowl sell out? We'll ask the chairman himself, John Sassenti. Oh, yeah, Elvis still in the building. Of course he is. He's not getting kicked out like Jimmer. BYU Sports Nation brought to you in part by the Cougar Club, supporting BYU's 623 student-athletes. Welcome to the club. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Hey, Countdown to Kickoff will be live from Provo and Las Vegas, Saturday, December 19th, 2.30 Eastern Time, BYU in Utah, Bronco Mendenhall's last game as BYU head coach. Outside of a championship situation, I can't think of higher stakes on multiple levels. BYU going for 10 wins, trying to beat their rival, last game for the head coach, my goodness, and the coaching staff in a lot of ways. December 19th, don't miss Countdown to Kickoff. We just talked to Jimmer Fredette. You can download the podcast on iTunes to hear which and where all of the NBA teams that he could potentially go to. Okay, really intriguing stuff with Jimmer. Let's refresh today's BYUS and headlines. Dick Harmon of the Deseret News reports BYU's offensive staff members Robert and I, Jason Beck, Garrett Tujay, and Mark Atuaya are all following Bronco Mendenhall to Virginia. We'll have more on that as things develop. Men's Hoops beat Utah State last night, 80-68, to led by Chase Fisher's 24 points, and Kyle Davis's 14 points and 14 rebounds. There's a new number one men's volleyball team in America, according to the AVCA, and it is BYU. And they are the preseason favorite as well in the conference. There you go. So the number one team in the land. They uh, start the season January 8th uh, against third-ranked Loyola, back-to-back champs, live on BYU TV, 28, nine days away. No one's counting. Women, uh, they also play tonight in an exhibition of the Smithfield House. And women's hoops in action tonight, Weber State, 9 Eastern time, live on BYU Radio. Second guest of the day is the Las Vegas Bowl director, John Sassenti. Welcome to Studio B, John. Thank you. What are you guys doing to me, though, having me follow the Jimmer? <laughs> that's a tough, tough role right he there. He opened up for you. Yeah. You're the headliner. Yeah, okay, here. okay, yeah. thanks. Well, you, brought, follow us, the you brought a special guest. That's the only way I'm <laughs> topping the Jimmer right now is I got a special guest with me. Hey man, what's up? Come on, buddy. Okay. Come yeah, on, buddy. Elvis. Elvis our first, is our first, on uh, Elvis. That's, that's the most low-cut shirt a man has worn on this set ever. You asked for it, pal. <laughs> Spencer actually did, but yeah. It's an all-time. That's, you're already, this is already an all-time show in BYU Sports Nation history. It's good I, to be here with you. That was, a, that was a nice performance at halftime of the basketball game, by the way. That was a thrill, night. man. It was yeah. a packed crowd, like 20,000 people. That was awesome. Like the old days, back in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love it. I'm traveling with him the entire time. <laughs> you, yeah, <laughs> through the airport, through hotels. This is uh, first class. Hey, man. That's legit. <laughs> John wants to be Elvis so bad. I can't fit in the suit, though. We, try, have, we tried to let's switch have roles. Elvis sign the flag. Yeah. El- oh, let's yes. do that right now. Elvis, will you sign the BYU Sports Nation stretch wide flag right behind you? Okay, yes. Thank you for being here. The man is in the building. (laughs) Someone's going to come in and see Elvis on that flag and be like, wow. Well, now, while he is signing that, let's get to the questions with John. When did you know? Like, when did you think, okay, BYU and Utah might actually be a reality? Uh, well, BYU, we obviously, uh, we, we came to a decision fairly early. We were going to wait until Selection Sunday to actually pick BYU. The ball started rolling pretty quickly, um, and then our staff just felt we needed to get a head start on, on all the logistics. We have such a tight turnaround from Selection Sunday to when the teams arrive that 
even even four days early makes all the difference in the world. The Utah thing went right up until the very last minute. We were on the phone with USC, Washington State, the Holiday Bowl, the Sun Bowl the night before. I was talking to USC and the and the Holiday Bowl folks from San Francisco at the championship to try to figure out what what was going to happen. Um, the next morning, we we even talked on the phone. We did not really know until probably about three or four hours before Selection Sunday that it was going to be Utah. We thought there was a chance. We knew they were going to be in the window. But we had to wait to see how a few things played out, and I mean, we scored. We're, we're, we're thrilled. Oh yeah, and BYU fans love it. Utah, not as much, but uh, fans—they're <laughs> excited about it, but not as excited. Why would about you say that? Because it's Utah. Um, <laughs> when, when you look at the Pac-12 championship game, what role did that play in in this matchup? It, it, it turned out that it didn't play a role, um, and that's what everybody was kind of waiting for. The Holiday Bowl, for, for the last few weeks, they thought they were going to go Washington State, Washington State, Washington State. When U, USC beat their rival, got a little bit hot at the end, then it looked like Wisconsin was going to be in the Holiday Bowl. The Holiday Bowl committee kind of shifted their focus and their thoughts a little bit, and now we're focused on USC, but they wanted to see how that game played out. They thought if it, was, if it was a blowout, they may look back to Washington State. It was a 20-point game, but if you dive into the game a little bit more, you realize it, it was a little bit closer than, it, than yep. it appeared, and so they stuck with USC. John Sassenti, Las Vegas Bowl director with us on BYU Sports Nation. This game has been dubbed. And a, Elvis. A, and, yeah, he's, still, he's still here. He's yeah, hanging out. He's, <laughs> he's hanging out. He's still in the show, yeah. man. Okay. <laughs> because it's a <laughs> regional rivalry, how much of a concern was that because the bowl games kind of seek out national, nationally uh, Appeal. appealing yeah, games. So, so how much of a concern was that for you? It was a huge concern, and it was a, it was a big top of, topic of conversation. Our committee went back and forth. Is it too regional? Is it too Utah? This is not going to translate to the rest of the country. People don't know about this rivalry. People don't understand it. And, and it was a huge concern, but... Since we've made this selection, that has been thrown out the window. USA Today ranked us as the number one game to watch outside the college football playoff semifinals. ESPN.com's got us in the top five. Yahoo Sports has us in the top ten. CBS Sports has So all these national publications that cover college football throughout the year, they're putting this in as their game to watch. And part of it is, you know, you have two nine and three teams. Great matchup. But it's the unique nature of this of, of this game. You don't usually see two rivals that have been playing for you know a hundred years, hundred plus years that are so it's such an intense rivalry. You don't usually see it in a bowl game. I think everybody's kind of curious to see how this is going to play out. And they haven't played in two years. Yeah, and so it falls who knows? During the two year hiatus. What yeah, are the chances? We're really good at what we do, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is all planned out. Yeah, I thought it was interesting how it all shook out because Washington State, I think, ended up being a more attractive team than people thought because they got to a bowl and the fan base is excited and leech. And so then Utah starts to crystallize. What, what, did, what did you notice and what was your reaction to the reaction of potentially BYU-Utah? Because that was explosive among the fan bases. Um, well, we knew that we'd sell tickets very quickly. Um, we knew that you know, we were going to have a very unique game that was unlike anything we've ever had before. Um, we, again, the, the, the big concern was, is it too regional? Is it too, you know, we have two teams from the same state. Is that going to be a problem? And you know what? We, we just, uh, I, I had to see it firsthand. We talked to both schools and they said, until you've been involved in this rivalry, you don't understand this rivalry. And, you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm in a mountain West market. So I've seen the BYU matchup, uh, with Utah quite a bit, but 
they're right. Until you're in the middle of it and you're part of it, you have no idea how intense this thing is. Um, this is all one of our old games right there with the candy cane stripes. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's old school Las Vegas Bowl right there. Well, the we ditched those. Those don't exist anymore. Yeah, the, the, the new school <laughs> Vegas Bowl has new turf, and it, it looks yeah. fantastic. John Sassenti, Las Vegas Bowl director with us on BYU Sports Nation. You mentioned the sellout. Is this the fastest that the game has ever sold out? To my knowledge, I, th- I think uh, we remember we used to select a week earlier. So I think we, we sold out as far as the calendar goes a little bit earlier, but we've never been sold out on Selection Sunday. It, it was crazy. It was we could not stop the phones from from ringing um, from from the time we picked BYU to the time we picked Utah. It was uh, once once we selected Utah, it put us right over the edge. Believe it or not, we actually had tickets available. Uh, I know the Utah fans don't necessarily believe that, but there were tickets available when we selected them, um, and then you know they they started buying up the rest of them. So it 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 was it was a matter of matter of minutes after uh, after we selected both teams. And you I, I I saw uh, you know capacity of thirty five five, and then are there three thousand added seats? Uh, yeah. To- Bump it up to thirty-eight-five. Yeah, so UNLV configures their stadium just a little bit differently. Uh, they don't necessarily toy with that thirty-five thousand number very often. Um, so they don't open up the three hundred levels, which is a which is a bleacher section. We put in an on-field VIP suite, similar to what you see at a at a big-time golf event. Um, it's a it's a covered uh, VIP suite sure. that covers up the whole uh, open end of the stadium, um, and then we have some some special club areas. We count the suites, so we get up to about thirty eight and change. Um, you know, we've toyed, toyed with the idea of maybe a GA seat, a standing room only seat. I have a funny feeling we're not even going to have any of those. So <laughs> I don't know if we're even going to get make it down that road either. But we are going to be in Las Vegas as of Tuesday night. We're going to be doing BYU Sports Nation live from the Hard Rock Hotel on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and then at Sam Boyd Stadium on Saturday. But we're going to be around the bowl pre-build-up activities. Which, which activity is like a must-attend for us and fans of this game? Well, uh I, I love – I still love our, our – we've been doing it for so long, but it never gets old in my opinion is, is down on Fremont Street. When we take the teams down there and uh, we kind of feed them out back, we're, we're, we're entertaining them on the stage. But then we're running their, their season-long highlight videos on the giant Viva oh, Vision. Oh, yeah. It's the, it's the largest video screen in the world, and you're seeing these players. Sorry, are, what? The what? It's the largest video screen in the world? Yes. When it's, it's the size of 10 football fields. Wait, it's I huge. haven't. I Jeremy, didn't know you this. Not, you have not experienced this. I haven't seen the largest video screen in <laughs> the world. You have not done Vegas can, right. Can we watch Star Wars on that next Thursday night, dude? <laughs> we can we're one week ask. away. Dude. We can certainly ask. <laughs> <laughs> we have to watch an old one. I don't think we're going to get oh, the okay. new that's one. Fine. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, they'll do anything we want. Wow. But that's that's a good one. You know, the the other one I would say for you guys, if you haven't been on the new high roller yet, uh, our new observation wheel, 550 feet in the air, you see Vegas from a totally different perspective. See all of the Vegas Valley. It's it's uh, it's pretty cool. Those pods are fun. Um, you know, and then our, our Cirque du Soleil show, Can't Miss with Zarkana. That's always, uh, that's always fun. The players are going to get to see a, a world-class show on the Vegas Strip. Um, so it's a, it's a, we have a pretty – I'll put our bull week up against anybody's in the country, and that, that includes the, the big boys, the sugar. You're the not going to mess with Vegas. I'm telling you. We, had, we got a great staff, but we got a great city to, to, to play with too. So we, we, do it, we do it right. Can't wait. What is the most gratifying part about being a bull director? I know you told us last time you talked, being finished, being done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> honestly, the most gratifying, my favorite part of the entire year is, uh, 
it's fun when the players arrive, and that and that's kind of fun. And we officially kick off bowl week. My favorite time is is pregame. We have our our, our entire crew. We're all at the fifty yard line. The national anthem's about to start. The hype video starts. The pyro goes off, and then we get our flyover from our two F fifteen pilots or, or or jets. Once that happens, and and pregame's kind of done, and we walk out to center. That's that's kind of my favorite part. That's when I get goosebumps. Still, fourteen years later, I still get goosebumps at that moment. And once the game's kicked off, it's a complete blur to me. Um, but but that's kind of my favorite point. John, great to have you with us. Keep your phone charged up. Ready to go. I got three portable chargers with me. I'm good to go. <laughs> three. Three. <laughs> Great That's to have you with us, man. man. We'll no. see you in Las Vegas. Thanks for all you guys do. And, and uh, I love how you're rolling out the red carpet in, uh, in Vegas. Hard Rock will take great care of you. Stadium will take great care of you. So uh, we, we, we appreciate all you're doing. John Sassenti with a leaving his mark in Studio B. We'll leave it at that. With the generous support of the Cougar Club, by the way, BYU's 623 student athletes are role models, leaders, graduates, and champions. <laughs> Be willing to help Elvis, us succeed baby. with your donation. <laughs> and welcome to the club. He's still going to go after that. Where, how does Elvis stretch in those pants? He'll teach, you, he'll teach you that move. Hey, we. Okay, we he we will teach you that move. He can teach us that. He will teach you. He taught the players that one last night. Biggest done right on BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of BYUSN Live, the rebroadcast airs weeknights at 6 p.m. Eastern. I promise. You might even want to watch it again if you're watching live right now, just for that Elvis moment we had oh, about yeah. two minutes oh, ago. Oh, yeah, that was great. Hey, we'll be uh, live from the Las Vegas Bowl. We'll be at the Hard Rock Hotel Wednesday through uh, Friday next week and then at Sam Boyd Stadium Saturday. Super distracted because everyone's got their sources, right, about the new BYU head coach. At Yokester 74 he said, You want sources? Saw Kyle Whittingham at the airport this morning. Is that Tom Homel? Hmm. There's a picture of Kyle Whittingham with Tom Homel and Brian Santiago. So they, all three look like they're headed on the road somewhere, but they're chatting at the airport. So th- take for what it's worth. <laughs> Wait, they had words exchanged? They were discussing contract terms? <laughs> who, who knows, man? The coaching carousel. Guess what? Tom Homel and Kyle Whittingham were teammates. Those guys have maintained They're contact friends. for a long time. They're amigos. They're buddies. They're pals. Even when he's not a coaching candidate at BYU, they yeah. talk. Yeah. They're friends. What does it mean for Kenny Matalolo? <laughs> what does it mean for Kalani Sitaki? Next, sources. Okay, next, sports. Next hard-hitting topic, okay? And I want the I want the Inception noise dropped Who's again. Who's it going to okay? be? We already know what the best play of the 2015 BYU football season has been up to this point. Uh, okay? Yeah. We know. Barring another John Beck to Johnny Harleen type play to win the Vegas Bowl on the final play of the game, <laughs> it's, it's going to be Mitch Matthews winning on the Hail Mary from Tanner Mangum against Nebraska. However, Inception noise. What is the second best play of the BYU football season in 2015? A brand new Twitter bracket. We're calling it second best play of 2015. (laughs) No one else will do this. I promise you that. (laughs) This is right up there with chasing heaps, okay? Nobody cares. (laughs) No, we do care. No, people care. care. People will care about this. People care. Come on, man. What's the second best play of the year? We will release a matchup on Twitter. It's simple. Thanks to the Twitter voting scheme. You just vote on it. We'll announce the winner. And next uh, play every weekday 
up until the Vegas Bowl takes place. Okay, so today, here's the matchup. We have a play-in we matchup. Play-in matchup. 8-9, okay? Yep. Harvey Longy's tip drill interception against UCLA taking on uh, Micah Hanneman's interception against Nebraska's, you know, tippy-toes. Hanneman's tippy-toes interception. I feel like I'm talking to my two-year-old. Tippy-toes. Okay, so the, win- the winner of the 8-9 matchup here advances to play the one seed, which is Mitch Jurgens, star man, Boise State winner. <laughs> Do the Jurgens. <laughs> okay, I, I talked to Mitch Matthews yesterday. We'll, we'll uh, share that tomorrow. He said that that is the second best play to him of the season. And he said that he caught a touchdown pass in practice yesterday and then did the star man. <laughs> How do you not love that? The star man move. It was just uh, so, in the moment. It was the perfect oh, thing to do. Every muscle flexed. We, so we came up with the list of the top nine second best plays bracket, if you will. Okay, the plays so, are being tweeted out right now yes. with the poll, by the yeah, way. So okay. you, you watch the GIF, you vote. So if you're using TweetDeck only, you have to go on Twitter, I think on your phone. I, I think Twitter.com you can yes. use. Is it, a GIF? Is it a GIF or a GIF? Is it, uh, it's uh, yes. Choosy moms I, choose GIF. <laughs> See what yeah, I did there? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Chunky. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, so this will be fun. The second greatest play of 2015. So yeah, there were some good plays. L- listen to what we left out. The Hine hurdle against UCLA did are, not make did it. Did not make it. Did not make it. Fresno State pick six by Kai Nakua. Nick Kurtz against Cincinnati, the 53-yarder. Uh, Algernon Brown, 53-yard rush against ECU. And uh, don't call me Tyler Mangum, Tanner Mangum against Fresno State emerging from the tunnel. <laughs> those, those did not even make this. So hang Where out. Where is the quarterback? Hang out on Twitter. Every day we're going to announce a pairing and tell you the results from the previous day. Okay? Direct quote from so, Tanner Mangum on this program. Yeah, I had to pull up my pants and run back out onto the field. <laughs> Words that shouldn't be spoken on this show. Using the restroom? What was going on? Oh, yeah. oh you know we you back? love it. Are we on? I you thought we were rehearsing this part. You know you love it so much. Anyway, vote on the second greatest play of 2015. There are some really good plays on there. We had a lot of fun compiling this list. There was some healthy debate. And I, I, seriously, there was some debate. It was good. It was fun. This is going to be fun because this is going to take us all the way up until game day. In fact, the Monday after uh, the championship, the championship uh, on Las Vegas Bowl game day. Championship. Hey, it'll be a Las Vegas Bowl championship, right? It'll be a state championship Ooh. because both beat Utah State. That's true. Up next, time to put a bow on this Thursday show with a loaded Cougar whip around. For the behind boot, dog. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Jerem? Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Dick Harmon of the Deseret News reports BYU's offensive staff members Robert and I, Jason Beggar, at 2J and Mark Atuaya are following Bronco Mendenhall to Virginia. Men's basketball. BYU beat Utah State 80-68, to led by Chase Fisher's 24 points. And Kyle Davis's 14 points, 14 rebounds, and 4 assists. Big time game with the 7-1 Colorado Buffaloes goes down in Boulder on Saturday. Volleyball. The AVCA men's volleyball preseason poll is out, and BYU is number one. They win the preseason championship. Also, the team's playing an exhibition tonight in the Smith Fieldhouse at 9 Eastern against Sports. Con X, which is a group of former college All-Americans and some current USA national team players. And this morning as well, uh, they're the preseason conference pick to win it as well. Amy Boswell is also on the women's side, the Cosida Academic All-American Division I first-teamer. Congratulations. Women's That's awesome. Basketball. I'm not done. They're in the Sweet 16, dude. GPA of 3.9 nursing major. Awesome. Basketball. Okay, now to women's hoops. 
BYU taking on Weber State tonight, trying to roll off of that upset win over 12th ranked Texas A&M in Hawaii. That game, 9 Eastern. You can listen to it live on BYU Radio. Jimmer! We talked to Jimmer earlier on the show. If you missed it, download the show podcast. Great stuff. Jimmer and the Westchester Knicks play tonight, 7 Eastern, against the Grand Rapids Drive. Cougars in the NFL. Alani Fua will be in action tonight. Let Fua fish as the Cardinals face off against Thanks, the Brian. Minnesota Vikings on Thursday night football. Future guests tomorrow, John Beck and Mitch Matthews. Don't miss it. Mitch Matthews. Mitch Match. I ask him will, about elite. He will serenade us. I address the elite conversation with Mitch. He will serenade us. I'll leave it at that. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who deserves it, Jerem? Kyle Davis. He went 14-14 and 14 against his old team, Utah State. Nice win for BYU. Most complete game of the season for the Cougars. Yeah, I asked him last night, what did this game mean to you during the postgame? And he's like, yeah, it's just he kind of started with it. It's, it's any other game. We want to win. And then he's like, but I definitely wanted to win this one. <laughs> Understandably. Thanks for speaking the truth. Understandably. Twitter question today. How will BYU football be impacted the most after losing offensive coaches Anai, Beck, 2J, and Ottawa? Let's get a few tweets in. You got tweets. At the Young 1993 says, Bowl eligibility, I'm assuming he's talking about next year, might be tough. New offensive and defensive scheme will take time to implement talented players' help. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we thought, even with the coaching staff the BYU had, which was really good, that it would be tough uh, with that schedule next year. I don't know what that means. Is it six wins? Is it eight wins? Ten, nine, ten? It's a really tough schedule. Now you have a new coaching staff, and it's hard to be like, yes, just start fast against that schedule. Gary Croton went 12-0 against... Tulane and the Mountain West, right? He didn't, he didn't, uh, and Mississippi State, that was a good win on the road. But 2016 is different. Our elite tweet of the day in response to our Twitter question from at a Merrill Anthony says, short term announcement was ill timed and hurts bowl prep and recruiting. See, I'm not so sure it hurts BYU's chances in the bowl game because it's Utah. But he says, long term, impossible to know the impact until the head coach hire with his staff. I expect that to be early next week, just to guess on my part. Thanks to Jim Fredette, John Sassenti, Elvis, and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN. Vote on the second greatest play of 2015. BYU Sports Nation Twitter poll out for all to see right now. Show on demand, BYUSN.com. Download the podcast on iTunes or tune in. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Jim Herman.